up, everybody? You're listening to the Marketing for the Uninhibited podcast. I'm your host, virtual marketing coach and fellow creative soul, Miranda Rodriguez. In this podcast, you'll get expert marketing guidance that you can implement on your own, and you'll learn how marketing your business can be simple, doable, and fun. Okay, here we go. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Marketing for the Uninhibited podcast. Today, we're finishing our three-part Ask the Accountant series with Teresa Rubino, who is my accountant and CPA at Rubino Tax. And you can learn more at rubinotax.com. And today, we're diving into donation versus gifting. And this is a topic that's coming up a lot right now. We are coming up on the holiday season. There's going to be Giving Tuesday right around the corner. Um, So she's just going to outline what the difference is and the misconceptions and then how best we can donate and give back to our communities and our partners. So we didn't talk about where we're going to start. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. So wherever you want to start, go ahead. <laughs> sure. So, you know, it's really funny that this topic came up because, first of all, I'm bad at marketing. <laughs> I just let that be known. I, I'm the worst at marketing and I rarely ever do it. And um, this came up with a client. I'm like, oh my gosh, I should totally do a Facebook Live on this topic. That was like six months ago. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> and I never so got funny. around to doing it. So then you and I started talking and it came up. I'm like, gosh darn it. Okay, we got to talk about this because it, it does keep coming up. You're yeah. right. And especially now in light of the pandemic, um, you know, the reason this came up with one of my clients is they really wanted to give back. And so they, they started donating and they didn't contact me first. And Mm -hmm. then when we did talk, I had to be the bearer of bad news, right? That's not deductible to you. So, um, so I think it's really important for business owners to know what they can, um, and can't do. Yes. That being said, so let me just explain the difference between gifting and donating. Mm-hmm. An individual, individuals and businesses can both donate. They may or may not be tax deductible, which is another issue, but only individuals can gift. Businesses cannot gift. In the tax code, there's a big difference between a donation and a gift. So briefly, I'm just going to explain what gifting is because my guess is most people are in the donation category. But gifting, uh, per the code, Any individual can give anybody else up to $15,000 per year tax-free. So if I wanted to give you, Miranda, $15,000 because I just like you so much, I can do that. And guess what? I don't pay any tax on that $15,000 and nor do you pay any tax on that $15,000. Got it. But if I give you $15,000 and one, now I have to file a gift tax return. Okay. So, and I won't get into that because that's just a whole other thing. Um, But that essentially is what gifting is donating or donations now for individuals and businesses can donate. If you want to donate to a non-for-profit organization and receive a tax deduction, mm-hmm. then that organization needs to actually be something like a 501c3. They need to be set up as a proper organization. What does not count as a donation that gets listed as a donation all the time are GoFundMe's. Right? Mm. hear about all of that. Like, um, and they're wonderful things. People go out there and they start a cause and they want to raise money for maybe a family that's having some trouble or something like that. Those aren't donations because they're not a 501c3. They're not a non-for-profit organization. Okay. So the recipient of the donated money 
needs to be organized as an official non-for-profit organization in order for the amount to be eligible <laughs> for a donation. So there's, there's, um, you gotta love the tax code, right? They don't yeah. make it easy. So can so, I just yeah, interrupt absolutely. one second? So then is a GoFundMe a gift? Like if I don't, yes. Okay. So I gift $25 to someone's GoFundMe and they receive it as a, a gift. Correct. Okay. And, I'm glad you, and I'm glad you brought that up. So the GoFundMe recipient, mm-hmm. let's say they, they got $16,000 in gift, but it's from all different sources, right? right? So that's fine. As long as they're not receiving more than $15,000 from one person. Okay. Okay. Yes. So, you know, a married couple essentially could give $30,000 to their child and it's mm-hmm. a gift. It's okay. Cause each oh. one gives 15. Got it. Okay. That makes sense. And then how do we verify that the organizations we are donating to, not gifting to, are certified not-for-profits where it is, would be considered a donation? That's something that it should be clearly stated on their website, right? It should be. It should be. You can also ask them if if they are. And also, um, Te- technically, they are supposed to generate a tax letter if you give, I'm sorry, if you donate more than $250, they yes. should send you some course, written correspondence okay. saying that they received your donation. Anything under than that, they don't have to do that, so they usually, they usually won't. Okay, so then it's your own personal record keeping, again, if that's something you want to bring up at tax time. Right. And it really is the responsibility of the donor to make sure that they know who they're donating to. So I know that there's a lot of um, telemarketers out there that call, right? And it sounds like a good cause, like usually for fire or police. Are they really organized as as a 501c3? Mm -hmm. You know, I always ask for them to mail me something. Inevitably, they never do. So, you know, there are people out there that will will scam a little bit. So, but but the responsibility really is on you, the donor, to know who you're giving your money to. So however you need to find out if they're a tax deductible organization um, that you have to do. And is there, because I know, are there limits for donation levels? Like I th- I thought at some point this could be way off, but it, like if you weren't donating over $500 a year, what, it didn't matter whether or not you kept track of it. Right. Okay. So y- yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> so when it comes to donating um, goods, products, goodwill, old clothing, things mm-hmm. like that, right? Usually if it's under $500, you can just claim that amount and the IRS won't look any further into it. If it's above that, you really should itemize that out. That being said, we might as well get into what is eligible for a deduction, what isn't, which is a little bit more complicated now than it used to be. So in 2018, we had the um, tax, oh gosh, tax law and job acts. I should know the name of that. And anyway, (laughs) we had a new tax code in 2018. And it changed everything. And how it changed it is it changed the standard deduction for um, individuals to take. So we used to have, or we still have, you can file singly, married filing joint, head of household, or married filing single. Those are our filing statuses. The um, amounts went up with the new tax law. So I I believe in 2020, the single exemption is now up to $12,600. And don't quote me on these because I haven't yet. And then married would be whatever that is double. It might be 12-4 and then 28-8. Okay. Filing joint. How that comes into play 
is any donation you make as an individual would get listed on your Schedule A on your individual tax form 1040, and that's what we call itemized deductions. Other things that go on that form are like mortgage interest, real mm -hmm. estate tax. It used to be that between mortgage interest and real estate tax, that was enough to mm -hmm. give you more itemized deductions than whatever that standard amount was. So people would itemize that and then they would add in their donations. But the tax law changed all that because they did um, two things. They raised the standard deduction and they put a cap on real estate and state income tax. Okay. That cap in the state of Illinois is $10,000. So that means if you pay $12,000 in real estate tax, you can only get up to 10,000 deductible. That other two is lost. And furthermore, let's say you pay, well, I pay 8,000 in real estate tax. Awesome. But I paid 5,000 in state income tax. That together is 13. I only get 10. Wow. So is lost. Okay. So, so because of that, what has happened is far fewer people have enough deductions to warrant itemizing. So they yeah. end up taking the standard, which means all those donations you made throughout the year don't become tax deductible. So it really depends on how, uh, how much itemized deduction you actually end up having. Okay. And so this is for personal stuff. Mm -hmm. And then let, should we shift back to the business? Yeah, so let's talk about that because yeah. actually with the business, of all the structures, so we've got, I'm just going to do a quick overview. There's five business structures. You can operate as a sole proprietor, mm -hmm. LLC, uh, partnership, S corporation, or C corporation. Of all of those, the only structure that can deduct a donation as a business expense is a C corporation. Okay. All of the others get treated as if the individual made the donation, mm -hmm. which means everything I just described as far as on your Schedule A, your itemized deductions, all of that goes there. So this is this is where the catch is, right? We've got a lot of small business owners, either LLCs, S-Corps, they wanna get out there, they wanna be philanthropic, they, they start saying, I'm gonna donate uh, proceeds of my revenue every month, which is wonderful and it's great PR. So don't undervalue the PR element of it. Yes. But when it comes to the tax deduction, unless they're a C corporation, that gets considered an individual donation. So it would go on to their individual 1040 and it may or may not be deductible depending on the rest of their tax situation. Right. So then in a situation where let's say you have, I have a product, I make a product and during the pandemic, we saw a lot of this people donating proceeds of their products. So if I sell jewelry and I say with every sale for the month of October, 10% will go back to, let's say, mutual ground for Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Um, how best do you set that up? And then what type of, like as a consumer, and I want to buy that jewelry because there's money going back, what type of questions should I be asking to the business owner to make sure that that is all working? how they say it's going to work. Okay, so let's start with the second half of your question. From the consumer, they might wanna just verify how the proceeds are getting to the organization to make sure that that is legit. So right. that's just a matter of asking them a question. Okay. That's what I would say. I mean, they could call the organization if they really wanna make sure that, that the right. business owner is being honest, you know, but I would, I would just ask that. Um, but then the first part of your question, uh, you know, from a record keeping standpoint for the business owner, I would put that 10% of proceeds of, of income into some sort of donation category on your books. 
Got it. But just know that when it comes to tax time, unless you're a C corporation, whatever that donation amount is, will actually get uh, processed that it will be treated as an individual donation on your 1040, not on your corporate tax return. So it will not lower the business income. In fact, I would do this. um, If you're like an S Corp or any of the other entities that I talked about, I would set up that donation category as an other income or an other expense item, which will be okay. at the bottom of your profit and loss statement. Yep. That way you can kind of see your, your net income before going all the way down to the very bottom because that actually doesn't lower that income. Okay. That yeah, that makes sense. And then just to reiterate the beginning of this part, when mm-hmm. you were talking about don't businesses, wait, businesses can donate? Businesses can donate. Absolutely. Okay. It may or may not be deductible. Got it. Got it. Okay. But they cannot gift. Only individuals can gift. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. This is, I think, is a really important one for people to clarify because a lot of people do use it and I hope that, you know, they use it to do good. um, And it is part of a marketing thing too, or PR in general. So just being aware of how that works and then always asking for, asking an expert for advice is, advised, right? Like asking an attorney, not an attorney in this case, a CPA, like call your tax person. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, when it comes to something like this, because, you know, again, going back to these entity structures, every one of them have have their little nuances as far as um, how taxes are treated, depending on what your structure is. And this is a great example where what might seem like, oh, this is great. I have a business. I'm making money. Let me donate. It's like, well... Right. You just want to donate. That's great. You know, and I'm not trying to deter anyone from it. Just don't be surprised when you go to have your tax return done. You're like, wait a second. I gave $20,000 away in donations. Like, well, you did, but it doesn't count. So it's actually income to you. You still have to pay the tax on it. So it can have pretty large implications depending on what type of amount we're dealing with. Yeah. I mean, and if you're doing a good job of generating awareness around your cause, then you you should be looking at big amounts of money. So um, is there any other advice for people who are looking to make an impact? Is there any other way you would structure it so to their benefit? Can you hear the dog? (laughs) I I can't actually. I'm surprised mine are so quiet. I'm getting really lucky right now. Um, You know, again, I wouldn't underestimate the value or the value of good PR. Right. Right. So depending on what your business is, especially if you have a a physical presence in Mm -hmm. your business, um, you know, maybe you could have an event for an organization you care about. Right. You know, Um, you might be able to work in partnership with a certain organization where you kind of co-promote one another. Mm -hmm. So there are other things you can do as a as as a business to to give back and to help an organization that you're you're passionate about. aside from trying to get the the tax deduction element of it. So I would say look at different PR avenues because, again, depending on what you do, that may really help serve you. And does that mean, okay, so as a business marketing for the uninhibited, if I decide to sponsor an event for a nonprofit organization, let's say locally, then that sponsorship, how would I categorize that in QuickBooks? Is that just like general public relations because it's a sponsorship? Sure. I mean, you're not, yeah, so you're not, if you're not giving money to the organization, but you're going to spend money, right? I'm going to, I'm going to buy, you know, I'm going to have some, some food. I'm going to have some music come in. I'm going to actually have an event. Um, Yeah. It's an event expense. It's an event for your business. 
you know, if they do it, because I know I've worked with a lot of nonprofits like on their boards and for events. So for example, if they say like for a full table of 10 at our event, it's, you know, $5,000. And as a business, I want to get a full table of 10 at this event for my employees. Is that considered PR or is that considered a dope? Because you're giving them a check for $5,000. Yeah. You're asking a really good question. Um, This is good. Yeah. I don't know. Because (laughs) Go ahead. When I worked at the restaurant, that was how, you know, and if you, if you've ever worked somewhere like a restaurant, you've seen the solicitations of, from charities asking for event sponsors. Yeah. So, you know, here and they're all, they're always tiered. So like for a gold sponsor, it's $10,000 for silver, it's five. And for bronze, it's one. And you only get like one chair or whatever. So this, this gets into an area yeah, um, where I, so full disclosure, I would have to double check and yes. research this, but there is a fine line between sponsorship and advertising. Okay. Right. Advertising is fully deductible. No questions asked. Sponsorship, depending on how the non-for-profit is receiving that money for sponsorship, mm-hmm. if they're receiving it and treating it as advertising, it's deductible to you, but now it's taxable to them. Oh, <laughs> so, interesting. So it, it gets... Uh, it's definitely a gray area and I know there are, um, there are distinctions that, that have to be met in that. So I I don't want to give a clear answer on that. Okay. That's interesting. So, because there's always an advertising component at each level of sponsorship, like, you know, at the highest level, you may get a full page ad in their event booklet at the lowest level. You may just get your logo thrown up on the screen, but that, would warrant advertising for the money you've spent. So yes, if they're calling it, if they call it advertising, Mm -hmm. then they're treating it as advertising. So they must be paying tax on the money that's being paid to them to advertise. Um, There are acknowledgements that profits can give corporate sponsors that aren't advertising, but they're merely acknowledging their participation. Yes, which means they're not paying the tax on the money, which means you're not going to get the deduction. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, I think you just it gets hairy. Blew open a topic here. Yes. Did. Wow. I was not prepared for that. Sorry, <laughs> that just yeah, it just um came up, but that's very interesting. So I would say again, as a not-for-profit or someone contributing to a not-for-profit in this aspect to consult your CPA. Yes. And if you are wanting to sponsor an organization, you might want clarification from them how they're treating that sponsorship. Are they treating that as advertising Mm -hmm. or not? Because if they're like, oh yes, it's an advertisement, then it's an expense. But if they're like, well, no, it's not really an advertisement, but we, we mentioned you and we thank you, then. Wow then there's more to look into. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. I'm going to pause before we do closing because this dog is going to lose his mind. Okay. So I guess we'll have to close this out now with this puppy here. (laughs) Okay. So, um, that was a good, I think that was a great summary of donation versus gifting. So the most important factor is that individuals can gift Yes. Businesses can donate, but depending on the way your business structure is set up 
and then your individual yeah depending on your business structure a business uh donation may or may not be, be deductible. deductible again c corporation absolutely deductible okay. off the bat it's a business expense any other structure it gets treated as an individual donation and then it depends on the rest of your tax situation whether it will be deductible or not Got and then one other thing if i could mention i forgot about this before another opportunity <laughs> You almost made it through. That's Bella. Oh my gosh. It's deep. I don't, I can feel it in my chest. Um, should I just talk over her? Yeah. Oh, she's going. Okay. The other thing I want to mention, if, business, <laughs> if businesses want to donate and they want that tax deduction, another opportunity, um, I recently met a person who works for a merchant services. It's called the Merchant Giving Project. And oh, they're right. actually set up as a 501c3 if they process your credit card transactions of the um, merchant fee that you pay they will take a portion of that and donate that out to charity so what that means is you as the business owner you're just paying merchant fees 100 percent of your merchant fees are tax deductible wow of those merchant fees if you use something like the merchant giving project they will actually donate to other charities and i believe I believe you can pick the charities you wanted to go to. Okay. Yeah. So I just want to put that out there. It's something worth looking into if people are interested in that. Yeah, that's a great option. And I think that asking asking an expert and then investigating the options before just committing to one is a good rule of thumb too, just so you know that you're making the best decision for your business and for the contribution you're looking to make. Um, and then as we wrap it up here with our whining and barking dogs, oh, we almost made it. it. Yeah, they oh, have. Um, I just want to give you an opportunity to let everyone know about the course you have coming up and then how they can get in touch with you. Sure. So um, I've created a series of online business courses called Solid from the Start. And um, the first one is creating the foundation for your business. And we cover all of the different um, entity structures that you can choose from. Uh, the second one is records you can rely on. And we're covering all the ins and outs of record keeping, the, important of keeping, the importance of keeping good books and things like that. And I'll actually go through that course. I'm, I'm probably going to enclose a chart of accounts to get people started, maybe even a starter Excel spreadsheet, oh, a good. income statement. So yeah. all you have to do is plug it in. The calculations will be there for them. Um, and then the third one in the course is going to cover taxes, which we all love. Yes. You may or may not want to know all of all the stuff about taxes, but it's an important thing to understand. So um, some of those hopefully will be ready by the end end of the year. The taxes one probably won't be ready until 2021. But if you want more information, I'm oh, sorry, if you want more information, you can go to rabinotax.com and um, either contact me and say you want to be on the waiting list for that, or at some point I will have a link to get directly on the waiting list. And I will say even just even if you plan on hiring someone to help you with this, like like Teresa. Um, or another CPA, just having a general understanding is helpful so you know what questions to ask and what you're actually looking for um, when you check your bank account and track your your numbers internally because you're still going to have to do those things. Whether or not you hire someone, you should be paying attention to that stuff. And so just having kind of a, a baseline knowledge of this information will take you so much further even if you're hiring someone to help you throughout this process. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. It's been a very informative um, three-part series. <laughs> and now he's, <laughs> he's hungry now. He's like, where's my lunch? Right? We have all of our dogs present. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so thank you. I really appreciate it. And 
I love working with you. So if anybody's in the on the hunt for a CPA, Teresa is wonderful. So I highly suggest it. And she's very helpful. So feel free to reach out um, just to kind of for a consultation. I don't know if you call them consultations, but I, I, I do. And honestly, I'm happy to talk to anybody for free. I'll give a free phone call, free consult for like 20 minutes. If you've got some questions, um, I'm happy to offer that. Great. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me.